the Bucks aren't making the finals. Now cue the music. Welcome back to another episode of Chicks Tape Basketball Podcast. It's a basketball podcast for Vendetta Sports Media. I am your host, Alex Chick, and my co-host, Garrett Burrows. Yeah. Now, to start this off, this is gonna be this is gonna be a it's gonna be really fun. We're gonna there's gonna be a lot of debate. There's gonna be a lot of back and forth. We love it. But first, before we even get into all that, we have to hear unbearable Garrett, because Garrett wanted to brag that he was right about the Raptors, okay? Raptors, Raptors, Raptors. Garrett, what 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 is it about the Raptors right now? Go ahead. Man, let me tell you. I, I told you for the year. Yeah, I yeah. On every single podcast that the Raptors were going to be just fine. I, I had a feeling they were going to be top three, top four in the Eastern Conference this year. But, man, they are balling out this year. And I really think a big part of it is team cohesion. Like, this team... This team is gelling. I think I kind of think Kawhi had a lot to do with that last year, and then Kawhi leaving just kind of it brought the team together to be like, listen, we we have something we have to prove this year that we can be just fine without Kawhi. I think they're proving it so far. Well, okay. First of all, don't act like I th- I had the Raptors as some scrubs. I okay before the season, I had the Raptors at six. I had them at the sixth seed, which is fine. Okay, they went they lost Kawhi Leonard. I didn't think they would make this much of a jump. Um, after losing Kawhi Leonard, I, I didn't think they were going to, you know, ball out as they are doing. Yes, Garrett said they're going to be just fine, and obviously they're doing just fine. But let's not act like I had them as, like, one of the, like... Listen, you, you didn't think the Raptors were going to be this good, because I swear on my life, nobody on planet Earth, maybe except for me, likes Kyle Lowry. I love Kyle <laughs> Lowry. I think he's a top three-point guard in the Eastern Conference, maybe even higher than that. But nobody thinks he was good going into the year. And you thought the same thing. Kyle Lowry is is spearheading this team right now. Well, you know, my whole thing is he's old now. He's getting older. And so typically with older players, we all know they kind of decline and everything. So I my my whole thing is I thought Kyle Lowry's prime was past him. You know, he got his ring good. He finally got his ring. My Even, man is 33. You start declining at 33. Tell that to LeBron. Tell that to LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> Fair enough, as you were. Uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, so it's like, like, and how dare you bring up LeBron in this discussion? LeBron is LeBron, okay? Like, that dude is a freak of nature, okay? Could be arguably the GOAT, and you're going to tell me that we're going to put LeBron in the same? No, 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 no. So any typical NBA player or even stars at 33 start to decline. That is not new, okay? Don't try to make me crazy for that, Garrett. But um, you made me go off track. I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh, so, yes, I thought, and, you know, I thought his prime was passed. You know, he got he got his ring. But it looks like Kawhi Leonard basically taught him how to learn, and now he's just going with it, and he's taking it, and he's running with it. My man said, taught me how to learn. I get what you mean. Taught me how to win. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Taught me how to learn. Taught me how to win. My bad. I'm throwing you off with my Raptors love, man. But listen, this Raptors team is solid. They got ballers on this team. And you want want to know what the secret is? What? They've got got Patrick McCaw, man. 
He's been in the league every year. Patrick McCaw. Like Patrick McCaw's I can't wait until one year he doesn't win a ring and it's just like, what the, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, you are literally useless to this team. We signed you for this. What are you doing, Patrick McCaw? You, when we sign you, it's because you have the luck. You're bringing the luck we're and we're going to win. Now, I do have an interesting question though. Fred Van Vliet hits uh, free agency this year. And I don't, and I, I wish I would have looked this up before because this just kind of came to my head. But I don't know what the Raptors cap situation is looking like this offseason. But you got to think, you know, Kyle Lowry, like I said, he's getting older. You know, he may or may not be on the decline. It looks like he's he's actually had a, a higher production this year in his numbers. But you got to think, they keep Fred Van Vliet. They got to they gotta do everything they can to keep Fred Van Vliet because if you keep Van Vliet and Siakam, that's like, that's your two young pieces moving forward, right? That is, I mean, because you because you did mention I made fun of you for a little bit. You, you do bring up a good point that Kyle, Kyle Lowry is getting a little bit older, so in two or three years he may not have it as much as he does now. And that is true that Siakam and Van Vliet are like your your pillars of not really rebuild, but your pillars of you know your future and your development and stuff. The good thing working in the Raptors' favor is that Van Vliet is a restricted free agent this year. Which oh, that's the, that's the good. Raptors have, Raptors have <laughs> the advantage to match any offer that he gets. Yeah. Which you have to think, my man's getting paid oh, yeah. offseason, rightfully so. No, he won't be he won't be cheap. And you know what? Like watch someone like the Knicks, you know, they're gonna like they're gonna try to give him like a max contract or something. You know? I mean he like Maybe he doesn't deserve a max contract, but that's the kind of money he's looking at because teams are desperate. You know what I mean? And Van Fleet. Yeah, the, Knicks, the Knicks are the type of team that's going to do that too. I mean, let, let's be honest here. It's just like, oh, see, that guy, he's a winner. So we're just going to overpay for him. Now. Oh, I was, I was wrong, actually. Hold on really quick before you move on. Okay. Van Fleet's an unrestricted free agent this year. He signed a two-year $18 million contract two years ago. Oh, that makes it even more interesting. Oh, that's, man. That's actually assumed that uh, that is true because he was a second round pick yeah second round picks only have two-year contracts okay interesting okay i don't know how fast you are garrett tight i want i just want to see kind of uh who who's expiring for the raptors can you can you look that up for real quick yep yeah all right go 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 and i will keep people busy with my mindless banter about um you know sergi baka everything huh all things, everything. All things, everything. No, like. So it looks like uh, Marcus Gasol is a free agent. Serge Ibaka is a free agent. It's a free agent. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is as well. So they're only keeping one, two, three, four, five, six players on the on their roster for next year. How many? How much? Uh, do quick math. How 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 much money are you looking at? A dog. I can't do that kind of math. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Just you know, there's a bunch of numbers. <laughs> cap is. Okay, just add the big number in front together. I just want to know, just give me ballpark. So their cap, their cap hit for next year is 59, 69, 63, 66, 69 million dollars. Okay, I, I mean, that works. Uh, but I meant like the players that are expiring. The expiring contracts are 25 and 23 is 48, plus 9 is 57. Uh, 59 and a half 
Burfo got $60 million of contracts coming off the books. Well, that's not bad. That, that'll be enough. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll, I... But listen, Siakam's contract is kicking in next year. Oh! That $60 million, you need to take point nine away from that. Yeah, but even then, I mean, seven, I guess, that actually. what the what I think they'll do is we'll, they'll sign Van Fleet to as much as you know to win him over, and then uh, kind of just sign really low contracts right to just fill out the roster. They're they're going to lose some depth this year. They are, but uh, they're they're going to lose depth because they've got these these fat contracts on their on their roster. But I mean, if you think about it, if I'm if I'm the Raptors, <coughs> I'm throwing. I'm probably throwing Van Vliet eighteen million dollars a year. Uh, I would. I, I would probably give him about twenty. I think. I think I would be around twenty for him. You have to think like twenty. Twenty million dollars is probably a solid number to start off with. But you have to consider like the Knicks are going to go at you hard in free agency with Van Vliet. So they're going. They're the Knicks are going to offer a max contract. Like that's just the Knicks' way. They're gonna they're gonna offer him the max, no questions asked. So I feel like if you come in at eighteen, he might and he might be the type of guy that gives you a hometown discount too. You know what I mean? And that's why. So I feel like if, what, yeah. if you start off at eighteen, there's there's a little bit of wiggle room there. Yeah, like then that's what I was gonna say is because with the Knicks coming at you hard, and you just gotta, and it's hard to say because we you know we don't know what he's thinking, but uh, we don't know where his priorities are. If his priorities are money, then you know he might go with the Knicks. But if his priorities are winning. Obviously, his best chance to do that is with the Raptors and probably not the Knicks, if we're all being honest. so If anybody ever wants to win ever, you don't go to the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, and we all saw, like, Carmelo valued, you know, money when he re-signed with the Knicks when they were virtually going nowhere for years. And he re-signed for, like, that big contract, and then, you know, he ended up, no. It's just, if you go to the Knicks, you're going for the money. That's it, that's I don't. I don't see there, anything. There's else. a money grab team. Oh yeah, no kidding. Now, uh, there, there's another guy on the Raptors. You know, I've been. I watched the Raptors game the other night. I can't remember who it was against. It was. It was a good game though. But Terrence Davis. I don't know if you know him, but he that kid's been balling out. Like he's like. I think he's gonna be uh, one of their new. Uh, he's gonna be like a new piece. Like he's probably not gonna be as big as Siakam or uh, Van Vliet, but I definitely think he's gonna be uh, another name going forward. What about OG? I can't say his name. Uh, OG Anobi is that how you say it? A new, a new Anubi, Anubi. OG. His name's OG. You, That's you, you finally found a name that I can't pronounce. Boom. Yeah, OG, yes, sir. We're just calling him OG. Well, how do you feel about OG? OG and Terrence Davis are they're they're. Sleeper guys, I like to think we're call, we're gonna call them like sleeper agents. Yeah, you know, they we're gonna we're gonna give them a call when we need them, and they're gonna step up, kind of guys. Like I've, Ter- I hadn't even really watched a whole lot of Raptors games this year, so I didn't know about Terrence Davis. But I gave him a quick look up. He's, he's like you said, he's he's playing pretty well so far this year. Yeah, but these guys these guys are young. They're both twenty two years old, so give them two or three years more to develop, maybe towards the end of their contract and stuff, and give them some more playing time, and they could turn into valuable pieces. Now you got to think, you know. There's a there's been a lot of rumors circulating, and I've kind of I wrote in a couple pieces about it. But you know, uh, Masai Ujiri, did I say that right? Masai. Yeah, Masai Ujiri. Yeah, I mean, man, man is pretty much he is he's I would you could say genius, but you know he's he's up there. He's fantastic. He's a fantastic GM, and you know there's talks of him going to the Knicks. 
there's him staying, like thinking about just staying with the Raptors. I mean, you got to also think about that. Where, I mean, what, what, what should he do in your opinion? I wish he would have never left Denver. I'm going to start, I'm going to start with that right He there. was in Denver? Yeah, he was Denver's GM, and then the whole George Carl debacle didn't look very good, so he hightailed out of town and went to Toronto and then turned it into a champion. Yikes! I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bitter about it. But Never. With that being said, <laughs> the, he he's got to stay in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, there's no the Knicks are a dumpster fire right now, and I and I understand the there's a lot of potential there because Masai Ujiri is a baller. Like he 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 steamrolled. The Nuggets with draft picks and stuff like that. Steamrolled is the wrong word. He like spearheaded rather because like he was the one who drafted guys like Gary Harris and Nicole Jokic and Yusuf Nurkic many moons ago. Yeah, who turned into really strong players for the Nuggets team. <coughs> and he, you know, he helped get guys like Will Barton here and things like that. If you go to the Knicks, there's that. There's always that allure of man. If I turn around the Knicks and I make the Knicks contenders. That like cements his case as one of the best GMs there ever was. Yeah, but if you go to the Knicks and you can't turn it around and they're still just a dumpster fire, that ruins your credibility. Like, yes, you have a championship, sure, that's great, but their championship has a bit of an asterisk next to it as it is. Uh, I mean, I think uh, I think Messiah Ujiri. I think uh, I think he's already respected around the league as one of the better GMs, at least one of the better ones, if not one of the best GMs in the league. Um, I think his whole thing was like, you know, how he, uh, he's been bringing, you know, basketball to Africa. And then, you know, he's kind of, I, I can't think of the word, but you know, he's been like a big influence on basketball. And a trailblazer. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Like he's been, he's been a big influence for basketball in Africa. And, uh, a lot of the reason why I think he wants to go to New York is, you know, I know he get the money, uh, but also he can use his platform to keep doing that. You know what I mean? To keep bringing like a kind of just more attention to Africa and trying to be something outside of the, uh, the Knicks basketball court. You know what I mean? I get that. And I understand the point, but it also, I would also say like, he almost has a bigger impact with the Raptors because he has the entire con- the entire country of Canada behind him. Yeah, like the Raptors are the only team in Canada, <laughs> so naturally any basketball fan is likely to root for the Raptors. Whereas you go to the Knicks, yes, they're they were out recently as one of the I think they're they were the most valuable team in in the NBA from off that Forbes article. Yeah, so like they're. Their brain is well known as it is, but like there, there's a bunch of other teams that they have to compete with in the country. Whereas you go to Canada, they all they have is the Raptors. Like there's more eyes on the Raptors almost because there's not a lot of eyes on the Knicks right now. That's fair. I mean, and you know what? He's got a good thing going there, and it's just like I understand the challenge, for lack of a better term, of you know trying to take on the Knicks, trying to fix it. But I, even if he goes there, I, I think you have a point where he said it, it's going to ruin his credibility. I wouldn't say ruin, but I think it really shows if he ever did go to the Knicks and they still couldn't fix their problems, I, I that just shows you that not even one of the best, or not even if he is considered one of the best GMs in the league right now, that not even one of the best could save the Knicks. And, you know, that's that. Uh, Dolan, I think his name is, needs just to sell the team. He, he should have sold yeah, the team Dolan, yesterday. Dolan 
man, he. <laughs> I, I genuinely feel like if Dolan sold the team, there'd be more. There'd be more fans in the building. There'd be there'd be more buzz around the team, and people would want to play for the Knicks because they, they wouldn't have a terrible owner in place. Now, obviously, a lot of that was going to be getting for ownership afterwards. But like, you can't do worse than James Dolan right now. Oh yeah, it's harsh. It's hard. It's hard. It's one of those guys that you're like, you're like, uh, anyone that we can bring in might might be better. You and I could go run the New York Knicks right now and do it better than James Jones. I mean, well, you know, I wouldn't get five power forwards, you know, in free agency. I mean, that's just something I wouldn't do. But you know, <laughs> we're, not the, we're not the 76ers. We're not going to bring in a bunch of people who are six ten and above. Oh no, 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 not the 76ers. No. <laughs> Destined yeah. to fail, just like the Knicks. Oof, man! That and there's there's another segment that we're gonna get into. We'll we'll talk about the East later. That'll be that's gonna be a fun uh, topic. So my intro earlier, Garrett, for the music, you know, as you know, I was like, I was like, the Bucks aren't making the finals. Now cue the music. Which, all right, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was hard. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, that was like the short career, tough, dude. <laughs> but. Before we get, that's kind of my clickbait. But before we get to that, Garrett, let's go. Let's go ahead and handle both conferences. Let's go to the West first, though, so we can we can get to the East later. But the West, we both feel like the Lakers will not make the finals, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, now the Lakers aren't are making the finals this year. Correct. I I wholeheartedly agree. And now I I actually just saw this on Bleacher Report today that NFL, uh, not NFL. What the hell? Uh, NBA executives, rival ones, also believe that the Lakers are not a, really a threat. Maybe lack of a better term for a word, but you know, a threat to the finals. What now? Why? What? Why are, do you think the Lakers won't make the finals? I can give you the easy answer. Okay. I can give you the actual answer. I'm gonna give you the actual answer first. And okay. I'll see if you do it for last. All right. The actual answer is because the Lakers just don't have depth. Yes. The Lakers have the Lakers roster is composed of LeBron James and Anthony Davis <laughs> and a bunch of scrubs. Oof. This had this has this has a feel to it, kind of like the the second coming of the Cavs when LeBron was there and he had Kyrie and Kevin Love. But it kind of feels like this is the year that like Kevin Love and Kyrie were hurt, and it's kind of just LeBron James' show. So, like in two thousand fifteen. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's exactly it. Because, like, you can't – like, we're obviously big basketball heads. Like, we can name a bunch of players on the Lakers roster. But for, for casual fans out there who maybe don't watch the Lakers a lot, you can't name me three additional players on that team besides LeBron, Anthony Davis, and fucking Alex Caruso. Because <laughs> you watch SportsCenter. <laughs> you know who Alex Caruso is. You wouldn't otherwise. But you can't name me three other players on that roster. You can't name me the other starters on that team. I mean, not that they're, you know, worth mentioning. I mean, okay. All right, all right. We'll do the hard work for you, okay? We know there's LeBron James. We know there's Anthony Davis. Alex Caruso, of course. Rajon Rondo, okay? He's been playing terrible. I've been, I've been laughing at Lakers fans on Twitter because they every time the Lakers play, they just go – in on Rondo, and it, it, it is kind of funny to me, but um, there's Avery Bradley. Did I say Kyle Kuzma already? No. Okay, there's Kyle Kuzma, Avery Bradley, uh, KCP. I'm not going to say his old name. You can look up K, just KCP. Just look that up. 
But Garrett's right. I mean, there is practically nobody worth mentioning. Kyle Kuzma is probably worth mentioning. Uh, he is I, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. No, he doesn't play well at all. And could just be a bad fit, in my opinion. But no, the, the Lakers don't have the depth. And as good as LeBron is and as good as Anthony Davis is, the playoffs are just different. You can't. You need depth. Benches win games in the playoffs. And, I mean, you can attest that, right, Garrett? Very true. Yeah. So, with that being said, of course, we don't think the Lakers are making the playoffs. Who? I'm, I don't even know why I'm asking. Garrett, who do you have winning the playoffs? Or the winning going to the finals, at least, coming out of the West? Listen, everybody <laughs> knows that I'm going to say the Nuggets. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just because he's a Nuggets fan. And, you know, they're finally good again and shit like that. First off, you shut your mouth because that's true. No, it's not. <laughs> the Nuggets have literally everything you could ask for. They have an established superstar. They have a budding second star. Their starting five is legit. Any one of any one of the members of the starting five can drop 20 to 25 points a night. And I know, I know what the heat is on the Nuggets is they don't play defense and shit like that. Well, fun fact for you, the Nuggets are fourth in the NBA in total team defense. No, oh, that's fourth. impressive. I had no idea they were that good. I knew that they were improved under Mike Malone because Mike Malone's MO was always defense, defense, defense. Yeah. But, like, but like you you know this for sure, Alex, and a lot of the fans home know as well. This Nuggets team, this Nuggets team can score bunches – in bunches. Oh, yeah. This team was down 23 the other night and came back from a 23-point deficit and put up 130 points yeah. against a game San Antonio Spurs team. So, like, this team can shut you shut you down, but they can also outscore you. They have, they have the total package. They really do. So, I mean, and you think they're going all the way to the NBA Finals, at least. I, I know you think they're going to win the championship. That wouldn't even be a question, but... Uh, you think they're going out? They're coming out of the West for sure. I so here's the thing: is I don't. Giannis scares the daylight out of me. I should legitimately. So I don't know because it'll be the Nuggets and the Bucks in the finals, and we're going to get into that later. Why Alex doesn't agree that the Bucks are going to be in the finals? But I don't. I don't know, dude. Because like this team has already beat the Bucks on the road. That's great. They did it down a couple of starters. That's even better. But like man, like in a seven game series, you give me seven straight games of this team versus Giannis and his crew. And I think they could do it. This is the first time in my life I'm 24 years old that I think the Nuggets have a chance at winning the title. But this is their best year. I think they have a shot at winning it. Oh yeah, I mean, when, you know what? Anybody that goes to the playoffs, let's go ahead and say, you know, technically they all have a shot. But uh, for me, I wrote down. I wrote down. Uh, and I, I included five teams. One team I don't even think should be on this list. Um, and the second name is the Lakers. The one team that I didn't want to be on this list, but I wrote it down because I know, okay, whatever. But the Rockets technically have a shot to go to the finals. Do I believe they will? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think the – now, Garrett, if you didn't have to pick the Nuggets to come out of the West, who would you pick then? I'm picking the Clippers. You picking the? I mean, that's that's who that's who I'm at right now is the Clippers. Uh, I that's, mean, that's the team who 
if I wasn't allowed to pick the Nuggets, if I had to bet the farm on coming out of the Western Conference, it's the Clippers for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's just like, you know, people dog on the Clippers, and, um, you know, it's a lot of Lakers fans too, and, you know, people get mad because people dog on the on the Lakers all the time and not the Clippers for regular season losses. But if people are dogging on you for regular season losses, it's probably because you're a toxic ass fan base. Let's, let's be honest here. Okay. Rocket fans and Laker fans, you guys are toxic. And every time y'all lose, people will shit on you just because you are toxic. Cause you put out that energy in the world and you're going to get that energy back. Now, with that being said, you know, the Clippers, sometimes they have some head-scratching loss, but, you know, no one really says anything about them. Um, is that because we know what this can this team can do, or should people be at least a little bit worried by some of the losses they have? I feel like I, I don't necessarily want to say that there's cause for concern by any means because they're third in the Western Conference right now. They're 20 games above 500. But what's alarming is that they're three games above 500 away from Staples. They're 15 and 12 on the road. And if you don't get that home court advantage in the second round of the, or the conference finals of the playoffs, you, if you've already shown that you can't play on the road. So like that, that, it leads to concern that way. And I feel like we all, we all just assumed this Paul George and Kawhi Leonard relationship that was going to connect and it was going to work. And like, not to say that it hasn't, but you'd think that they would be more the Lakers are around, you know, 40 and 12, 39 and 13, things like that, instead of where they are right now, which isn't, you know, not on them. But I think we all had this preconceived notion that they were just going to be better than what they are. Well, and let, let's throw some context on there real quick. Uh, Paul George, he missed, I want to say about 20 games, right? At the beginning of the season. Does that sure. sound about right? So he missed about 20 games. So, you know, it's not as um, blown out of proportion as people say, but uh, you can see when you watch Clipper games, you can see, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Sometimes the fit is there and sometimes it's not. Um, of course, you know, when when this was all going down and free agency and this was like, I was like, this is like the best free agency um, ever yet until 2021. More on that, not today, but you know what I mean. But anyway, um, you know, when we talk about that, when we saw that, we're like, well, pff, they're going to the finals. They're making the finals because, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are two really good players. Kawhi Leonard, I would say, is probably about top five. Paul George, maybe top 10, top 15, top 15. I would put him in top 15. But we thought that fit would be really good. Of course, they still have Lou Williams. Um, now, they traded for Marcus Morris over the trade deadline. How how good of a accus- accusation uh well, you know what? I'm not even going to try to say big words. How good was it for the Clippers to get him on the team? I guess I don't – I guess I'm just not really paying attention this year because I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get the love. I don't get the hype. It's Marcus Morris. Yeah, that's what and That's what he's, I was thinking. I was he's like – He's never been a difference maker on any team he's ever played on. <laughs> Marcus Morris is a scrub. Yeah. And I you know that's big talk for me because I would lose in a game eleven to Marcus Morris, thirty-nine to nothing. Well, you would probably you would probably make him rage, and he'd get two technicals, and then he'd be out the game. True. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Like, 
it, they fit, he fits the scheme, obviously, because these guys are fucking tough. You know, Kawhi plays great defense. Paul George plays great defense. Montrose Harrell plays great defense. Pat Beverly plays great defense. So now you bring in another guy who can play great defense. That's great. But where's your offense coming from? You know what I mean? Oh, you got And they've proven that they can score, and that's great. But people are saying that, you know, Marcus Morris is going to lead this team to a championship. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Morris? Oh. Kansas with his twin because they didn't want to leave each other? <laughs> Marcus Morris? Here, bro. Marcus Morris ain't leaving nothing. God, that was funny. I'm sorry. Just, I... just get out of here with this Marcus Morris stuff, dude. He's he's a good pickup. That's fine. It's it's a B pickup for an A plus team right now, so it's a loss for that team. I I don't know. I thought that was funny when you were just like, because uh, I kept thinking of Snoop Dogg going, who? <laughs> like I, I went from I went from the Snoop thing, and then I went to the Soldier Boy when he was talking about Drake on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> so you got out from the chair, looked back, and like, oh my god, all the time. Of course, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd have the I have the Clippers coming out. I love you know, and you know that even. Though we uh quite kind of did my boys wrong in the San Antonio Spurs, but I mean I still love quiet. I love his game. Uh, I wish that thing obviously never went down, but I like I love watching Kawhi Leonard play because he he does kind of play you know fundamental basketball, and I I love players that play you know fundamental basketball. But I I don't know. I'm a big fan. Uh, you know my whole thing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is I don't think they haven't played that much together on the court of course they played their fair share of games but not uh you know because quiet leonard rests a lot and i don't know about paul george too much i don't know when he's playing or when he's not but you know there's there hasn't been maybe over what how many games were into the season there hasn't even been probably 30 games that they've been on the court together right um because we're because we're like we're probably beyond the halfway point oh we are well like stat wise so it's probably like 45 games in the season, almost 50 games probably. Yeah, and so I want to say, yeah, I don't even think they've been on the court for like 30 games together. So, I mean, I think they'll fit. They're still trying to mesh. Um, honestly, I think, you know, the Clippers are just kind of in cruise control. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, they might end up at the second seed. They might, you know, keep going and get to the first. But I think I – don't, I don't think they're really worrying about anything. Uh, I think they just might turn it on in the playoffs, honestly. I think they're just kind of on cruise control. They're just playing uh, game by game and hoping hoping for the best. Uh, stay healthy as well. That's a big thing, too. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think that's what they're trying to do, and that's why they're managing Kawhi Leonard's health. You know, he's not playing back-to-backs. Uh, they're trying to manage his health. I know he's got that knee injury, uh, which I still don't know what, what the hell it is. Don't get me started on that. But um, I – and you know this – before the season, but I, you know, I've always been big fan of these, of this jazz team. Um, I think the jazz do have a chance to go to the finals as well. Now with these five teams, five teams, as in the nuggets, the Clippers, the jazz, uh, the Rockets and the Lakers, do you care to rank those for me real quick where you would have yeah. them? Hey, huh? Yeah, I can do that. The jazz are on the bottom. Oof. Below the Rockets. Yep. Oh my gosh. Really? And the only reason I say that is you should have seen my face when you said the Jazz have a shot at making the finals. I raised my eyebrows. I pucked out my lips. I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> he said this might not be it. 
But no, I put I put the Rockets at four just because they have playoff experience. So when the times get tough and they need a basket and a backs against the wall, there's not a ton of players on this Jazz team who have big time playoff experience, and that's a that's a big thing to consider come playoff time as well. Uh, I don't, Jazz and the Rockets. Let's say they're fourth and fifth seed. Who are you taking? If, if so, so okay. Uh, okay. We're, 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 no, I'm asking if we're picking the winner of that matchup in the first round, four or five. Who am I taking? Yeah. I'm taking the Rockets. You're wow, really? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Rockets to get out of the first round. Wild. Just cause I just cause I think the Jazz get well, no I, love, I, man. Well, it's not that they don't get love, but one thing to consider too is the Jazz would have if the playoffs ended today or the spray the season ended today, the Jazz would have home court advantage in the first round. Okay. Mm, interesting. Dude, I, I you might have to come back to me on that one. I, my my first instinct to say is is the Rockets, but mm-hmm. we all know how rowdy Jazz fans can be, especially come playoff time. All those white folk, those Mormons up in Utah, they got nothing better to do. I, you know, I know you're talking about playoff experience and all that, and that is important. But I mean, the Nuggets did fine without they didn't have any, you know big playoff experience and they they almost went to the they were what a possession away from going to the conference finals. Yes. So I mean like One so I mean yes and I think I think people overrate playoff experience cuz the only way to get playoff experience is to play in the playoffs. And I mean I I, underst- mean, I mean yes it does, it does sound as simple as that. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. And I mean let's not I and you know what? I might, I might get some crazy Pete. Like I might get some crazy looks. You might look at me crazy. I have the Jazz over the Lakers. If they played, I would pick the Jazz to win. Dead ass. Like no. And I know you're making a face at me right now, but I'm dead ass. If the Jazz and the Lakers played each other in the playoffs, I would pick the Jazz. No shit, man. I can't wait till we start recording this podcast. So we, so the fans can see our faces. Holy shit! You should see my face right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I but dead ass though. Like, why, why, why should I pick the Lakers over LeBron James? And who else? And Anthony Davis? And who else? LeBron James. Who else? There ain't nobody LeBron else. J- Listen, LeBron James almost beat the Warriors by himself, bro. And how old was he? That was five years ago. Hey, he was twenty-eight. Hey, my man's about to get me heated and weave into the big debate of the day. Oh <laughs> my God, bro. Like, you mean to tell me you're you, – okay, so that would be a second-round matchup. You're going to tell me LeBron's getting knocked out in the second round by the Jazz? Yep. I'd pick bro, it. you you sleep. Holy shit. I'd I, I pick it a seven, but I would pick it. Oh, man, it couldn't be me. Hey, you know what? I, I just I'm not a big fan of that Lakers team. I'm really not. I can't. I'm I'm just not. Could not be me. You know, and you know what? It is a bit of a hot take, and I dead ass. I might be wrong, but I I'd pick the Jazz. I would. I'm not, and you know what? I'm not capping. People could come and clown before it later. I don't care. That's who I would pick. You know what I mean? Now. I mean that. <laughs> one, one, one thing, dude, you gotta consider, bro, you, oh, so you mean to tell me, uh, <laughs> the, 
that the Jazz, who would not have home court advantage, is going to win four out of seven games against the Lakers, playing three of them on, like on, you're playing four games on the road. Yeah. So they're stealing. They're stealing at minimum one, at least two games in LA. Yeah. I think they could. We, we gotta. We we gotta keep this open. Oh my god. I think they could. On God, I I think they could. I think I think people underestimate how deep that team actually is. Honestly. I'm about to tap the back of my skull from my forehead. Do it. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm and you know what? I've been big on this jazz team this whole year. I've been big on them and they're they're ranked. I mean, they're they're about where I thought they would be. I'm not so far off. I'm telling you, like uh, if the Lake, if the Lakers and the Jazz do play, let's just hell, let's just throw a hypothetical. Let's say they what? How many games do you have the Lakers winning? In of course, how many games in? Uh, six. six. That's that's me being generous because I wanted to say five. Wow, that is. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you, the Jazz are not as bad as you guys are making them out to see. We cannot just say the Lakers are not going to make the finals and then say the Jazz are just like that terrible. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I think the Jazz are a lot better than people think, honestly. I think they don't get enough love sometimes. That's just me. The biggest second-round upset of all time. Of, I mean, of all time? Come on now. I mean, come on. Of all time? No, dog listen. This, this Lakers team is a super team, though. You have two of the top what? five players in the NBA what? on one team. We just shitted on the Lakers earlier about them having no we depth. We shitted on the Lakers, but it's the star power. And then we're you saying the playoff, what? Playoff, team, playoff teams play eight players a night during the playoffs, and they just play extended minutes. LeBron James is going to give you 38 minutes a night, and so is Anthony Davis, given healthy. I, I, Everybody is picking this Lakers team to win a title, and you mean to tell me if the Jazz beat the Lakers in the second round without home court advantage? Are we ever? We just ever? we just said the Lakers weren't going to make the the finals. So how the hell are they going to win the championship? That, that okay? I'm not saying that they're going to win the championship. I agree with you; they're not going to make it out of the West. But what I'm saying is, they lose in the conference finals to my two seeded Denver Nuggets. That's another story for another time. What I'm saying is. People expect them to be in the conference finals and beyond that. People are picking them to be in the finals, and they lose in the second round to a no-star Utah Jazz team. That's the biggest second-round upset there ever was. I mean, you just called them a super team after we just said they had no depth. I just, I'm very confused. Were, were, was the Miami Heat the second time they won a championship where they had a super team? No, they were they a big no three. Depth. Huh? What's the difference between a big three and a super team then? I would I say I think you need three people to be a super team at least. So the Clippers aren't a super team. Mm. So so okay, then if that's the case, then there are no super teams. I would no, I I put Lou Will up there. I like Lou Will. <gasps> Lou Will is your third star? Hey, you gotta say Lou Will is not a star. I mean, he might not be a superstar, but he, are you telling me he's not a star? Luke Will would drop buckets on anybody. Oh my God, brother. Dude, no, don't I give me that shit. Right now. Don't give me that shit. No. You're telling me Luke Will's not a star? He not, yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling he's you. not a superstar. He's a star. He will drop buckets on anybody. There's a reason Luke Will has a 
has won six man of the year 46 years in a row. Because he's not good enough to be a starter somewhere else. Oh, so Ginobili's not good then if he won six man in the year? I knew I, I literally as soon as I said that. I yeah, knew you knew it was coming. Holy f! <laughs> I don't know, I, man. I don't know. It's it's a very subjective. Can we agree that the term the the term super team is very subjective? Yes, I guess we can agree and to that. Apparently, right? apparently, you need three superstars to be a super team. That's I, never well, really you just told me this team was. They had no depth, and then you're going to tell me LeBron and Anthony Davis make the Lakers a super team? Yeah. What? Because they're two of the top five players in the NBA. I, no, I don't. I think you need more than two. I, I just think you need more than two people. Now, if you have two people and a couple, I mean, solid people, yeah, like the Clippers. The Clippers have two people, and they have a bunch of solid people, and Lou Will is on defense, I get, for me. I mean, that's a lot That's a lot better of a super team, correct? Okay, we, we, well, no, because you're already going to say no, so I'm not going to ask. No, I want, I want to hear you ask now. If, if we're going off of this, then, it, it's very hard to have two superstars on one team. I would call the Nuggets a super team because they have a superstar, a star, and all the depth you could ask for. I would. Now I thought you were going to respond, but fair enough. Have a nice day. Yeah, I mean, like, what? what what's not? What's the hate here? You got Nicole Jokic and you got Jamal Murray, who, who you said earlier was a budding star, and I agree. And they got depth for fucking days. I mean, I don't – it's not – it's the, – the term super team is – it's a little bit of a – it has a stigma around it because when people think super team, they obviously think, you know, Golden State when Kevin Durant went. But, I mean, technically the Denver, the Denver Nuggets, they're, they're a stacked team. They're a super team in my opinion. That's not, that's not far. I, I don't think that's far-fetched at all. That's just me though. Well, got me worked up. Man, that was – that was – you know what? And we weren't even planning that debate. That's beautiful. That's beautiful podcasting. Let me tell you, we weren't even planning that one. And it's just like, oh, that just came out of nowhere. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now now for the Eastern Conference. We, we had fun with the Western Conference. Now to the Eastern Conference. Now, uh as you heard, if I mean, I, I know we don't have a big audience right now, but you know, if you listen to the last podcast, we we got a little off topic and we started talking about uh, we just had a couple hot takes, like fresh, you know, like off the dome hot takes. Garrett said some, and then I my hot take was uh, that the Bucks weren't making the finals. We both agreed that the Lakers were going to make the finals. You heard that, and now I don't think the Bucks are going to make the finals, but. I'm gonna let Garrett. I want him to explain first why the Bucks are gonna make the finals first. Well, you see, the Bucks have a man, good man, young man, tall man, by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Pretty sure I got that right. Yep. Close enough. Giannis, Greek freak. We know who he is. We know Greek the man. Freak. Yep. We know the man. He- Get the stud. I mean, I've never seen anything like him. I don't think we're going to see anyone like him ever again. And this team, the big knock on this team is that they don't have a ton of depth, and it's outside. You know, it's onto the Kubo Middleton, who else do they have? 
as a fair argument. But when you break down the stats of it and look at the stats, average PER, which you guys know I'm a big PER believer, PER meaning player efficiency rating, average in the NBA is around 12.5, 13, 13.5 range. The Bucks have eight players on their roster who average higher than 13 for their PER, and they've all played in 40-plus games this year. So while the stats may not say these guys are falling out and some of these guys only average seven, eight, nine points a game, it's their defense that makes up for it. Because this team will stuff you on defense, but they can also outscore you because of the Greek freak. I mean, they're averaging the most points in the NBA. They're averaging 120 points a game for a team that doesn't have a ton of depth and they're not because they can't put up points. They're leading the NBA in scoring. And they're top ten in defense at seven. I don't. I don't. I, I guess I just don't get the debate of how this Bucks team doesn't run through the East because they're clearly the best team out there. Okay, I have a couple things. Uh, I don't know PR that much, so I, I obviously don't look at it all that much. Um, that is kind of impressive, though, uh, given how well. Uh, depending on the person that takes PER seriously or not, I I don't know enough about it. Uh, to like what I what I like those what I know about ratings is when I I have to like know what they're rating on and everything, and it helps me understand why. But um, that is that is actually really impressive considering the advanced analytics of it. My whole thing is okay. The Bucks have the easiest schedule, if not the second easiest schedule in the uh, in the league. Um, now, with that being said. Um, I thought they would be a little bit worse than they were. Uh, I thought they would be worse this year than they were last year. Of course, they lost uh, Malcolm Brogdon and they lost uh, uh, Miritich, which he's playing in the uh, he's playing European ball right now. Uh, even though, like, let's not act like Miritich was like, some kind of hooper. I mean, I mean, he was he could he could get you a good point. He he averaged twelve points a game last year. Obviously, the Bucks are making that up because Garrett said they're you know. They're the highest offensive team in the NBA right now, but you got to think Malcolm Brogdon is a huge loss for this Bucks. And my whole thing is that, and my whole debate is not around Giannis. Giannis is going to do Giannis things. Like I, my whole thing is not even around Giannis. Giannis will do Giannis things, and he's going to amaze in the playoffs. But the rest of the Bucks will fail him, okay? Because you have Chris Middleton who, as good as he is, he will not take over if Giannis has a bad night. He won't. He can't. I mean, he's just not that type of player. He's going to give you his, He's gonna give you the buckets that he brings, but he is not going to take over. After that, you got uh, Eric Bledsoe and you got Brooke Lopez. Um, you could talk about Dante, I guess. But, I mean, there's just not there's, – there's depth. There is depth on this Bucks team, but just not a lot of scoring depth. Of course, a lot of this is – you know, give it to Giannis and whatever. But you saw when Giannis is having a bad night and against a good defensive team, and do not take this the wrong way, Garrett. And but let's just say on Chris on Christmas uh, on Christmas when they played the 76ers, they lost. I'm not saying the 76ers are gonna be I don't have the 70, I don't have the Bucks, I don't have the 76ers over the Bucks, but I'm just using the 76ers as an example. When Giannis has a good night and they're playing a good defensive team, that the Bucks, I mean, as good as Giannis is, they're not. They're a good team, but they're just. I don't. I. I can't put them in the finals knowingly. I can't. I mean, 
How do you lose Brogdon, but you lost in the second round last year, and then you – so you lose Brogdon, and then you go to the finals this year. You know what I mean? I mean, it's fair. I mean, so – I mean, I mean my, it's a fair argument, but you're putting – I feel like you're putting a lot of emphasis on, like, Malcolm Brogdon being, like, like a stud among studs. Well, I mean, that's, he's averaging that's – no, That's no knock on Brogdon, obviously, because he is a, he's a baller, but, like – I feel like you're putting a lot of this on Brogdon. Well, I and I've always thought this that you would need you need a reliable third option to take. I mean, to win games. Okay, I I always thought you needed a third reliable option. I mean, Giannis is going to do Giannis things, of course. Like I said, Chris Middleton, he'll get you twenty a night, if not a little bit more, maybe twenty one, twenty two. But after that, Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez are going to help carry that team. No, I I can't I can't do it. I mean and. As good as good as their schedule is, or you know, they had a favorable schedule. Like I said, it's second easiest in the league, in the league, if not the easiest schedule in the league. And you know, they're winning games, but we're talking about the playoffs. This is, of course, this is all the good teams in the playoffs are questionable. They'll 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 probably sweep or win in five games against the uh, whoever they play as the eighth seed. They'll they'll win easily. But when you face the fourth and fifth seed, that's when it's going to get interesting because first. And this is not a knock on Boldenholzer, but you know he's a stud coach. But there's more, there's more surgical coaching. You know they're going to key in on matchups, and I don't think Giannis can do it all by himself. I think, I think if they focus on everyone else that you know has an impact on the game, I think I, I don't. The Bucks are vulnerable to me just because they don't have enough around Giannis. That's fair. So I mean, um, go ahead. My my counter argument to that is LeBron James has done it twice, not just once. He's done it twice, and this Bucks team is worlds better than the um, the team that LeBron led. I think it was what two thousand six, two thousand seven, where they got spanked by the Spurs. Now. Garrett, are, are, we're not talking about the same East, though. I understand we're not talking about the same East, but it it can be done, and it has been done before. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'm saying this is a way different. Though a lot of the reason, and you know, as impressive as a, a playoff run as that was for LeBron, and and the other ones, there's always been an asterisk because because the East was not as good as the West, and everyone knew it. It wasn't it wasn't like some kind of conspiracy. They just weren't as good. Now, like I said, we probably have five or six teams that are contenders in the East, I feel like. This is not this is not no joke in the East, man. This this East is, you know, it's going to be fun to watch the East this year for the first time ever. Like you're not only just watching LeBron whenever he was playing for the Cavs or for the Heat or whatever, but you're watching all these other teams that have a chance to probably go to the the finals. I feel like at least, of course, you don't. I think you said uh, the Bucks. They're just going to roll through the East, but this is not the same East. You know, this is. I think. I think the Bucks are going to get exposed. I think Brogdon is going to be missed, and I mean, I it, I think it's going to show. I just don't see how you lose. And like I said, you and you maybe I am putting too much value on Brogdon, but I don't see how you lose what your third or second option. He's probably. I think he was the third last year. But how do you lose your third option 
and don't really have that third option. You have Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez, and still just go through the East like it's nothing. I, of course, Giannis is playing a little bit better this year, of course, and he's hooping again. He's going to win MVP, and I hope he does. He's I I'd say right now confidently that he's the best player in the NBA. You know what? And if you don't like me for that, I don't care. I see the guy, and I'm like Jesus Christ. But I don't think he could do it by himself, and that's my whole thing against the Bucks. You said something earlier that I want to go back to. Okay. You said that the Bucks have had a, a very easy schedule so far in the year. You said like they're like the third or third easiest schedule in the NBA based on rankings so far. I almost feel like that works in the Bucks' favor, and I'll explain why. I mean, obviously it does because like they played an easy schedule and it's much points. Da, 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 da. But like, you're this team has confidence. Like this team. Is this team has single digit losses 53 games into their season? This team could go 500 the rest of the year and almost be a 60 win team. That's insane. Yeah, that's impressive for sure. I feel that this, 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 their easy schedule might be inflating them a little bit. Maybe they don't have 46 wins, maybe they have 41 wins, which still puts them like what, like second in the Eastern Conference. They, if they were, if they had five more losses on their schedule. If they were 41 and 12, they'd still be number one in the Eastern Conference. Like, even if their schedule was tougher, they'd still be number one in the East right now. Well, I mean, and that's only five games. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about the whole, who, how, however many games they played already. So, I mean, you know, that's, I don't know. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. The Bucks, the Bucks differentials through this year so far are astounding. The Bucks are outscoring teams by 12.5 points a game, which is far and wide the best in the NBA. The Lakers are second, but they're only at 7.5 points per game differential. This team is holding their opposing teams to 7 points below field goal percentage, which means their field goal percentage at the end of the game, they're averaging 7 points less than the Bucks are right now. And they're out-rebounding teams by six rebounds a game, which means they're out-hustling teams to rebound and, and loose balls and stuff like that. I just – this team doesn't look like they have the depth, but they they can ball. I don't, I don't know, man. I, team, I think – no, and don't get me wrong. I think they're a great team, and I, I'm i a big Giannis fan. I love, I love watching Giannis. I, I'll root for the guy. But me – and this is just me analyzing the game. I just – don't see the Bucks making the finals. I don't. And as crazy as that sounds, like I just don't. I've, I gave you all my reasons why. And, you know, you're talking about the net uh, differential, the point differential, all that. And like I said, you know, they have they have the, one of the easiest schedules in the NBA. I feel like that could be an influence on that. Even if it is, you know, it could be it, – it might not be that much different. But I'm just saying, like, it still has an influence on that. And you also bring the point of confidence up. All it takes is one pop in the mouth, and then you know you're like, "Oh shit!" Like it, this is this shit's real. Um, like I like I said, I I don't know. There's 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 a lot of attractive choices in the East. I can't I can't knock that. You know what I mean? So there are a lot of attractive choices in the Eastern Conference. I think, and I feel like you would agree with me here. Okay. There's six teams in the Eastern Conference yep. right now who have a shot at winning the Eastern Conference and going on to the finals. Yep. I'm going to give you my order of the six, 
Okay. I want you to give me your thoughts on it. Okay. And I'm going to make you rank your six. I'm I, going to make Man, it is hard. Cause I, like, I do not care. All right. The, the fun of it is, is I just don't care. You're going to do <laughs> good listening. All right. All right. Okay. So, for those of you at home who don't have a computer in front of you or their phones who don't have these in conference standings, our six teams that we're talking about, in order from one to six, honestly, is... But not honestly, it's one through six through the conference right now is the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, 76ers, Pacers. Those are the six teams that we're going to talk about just now, and we're going to rank them one to six. Okay. I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up. Okay. I think six right now is the Miami Heat. Oof. I have the Heat at six. Oof. I have the 76ers at five. I have the Pacers at four. I have the Raptors at three. I have Boston at two, and I have the Bucks at one. Okay. Okay. I, I heard you oof on something. What'd you oof on? I oofed on the Heat because I, I, I don't know. I think the Heat. I think the Heat could be at least four, in my opinion. I don't know. Jimmy Butler's never really proven to be that much of a baller in the playoffs. So I mean, well, I'm gonna be very interested to see him play in the playoffs this year in a different team. I think. Well, I think that I think that Heat team is just stacked. I just think it's stacked, man. Like, holy shit, that's stacked. Like, I mean, I understand. And I'm not trying to let the Andre Iguodala hype get to me. But, you know, once he starts getting into rhythm, he's going to be a big – that team is already a good defensive team as it is. It's going to get a little bit more defensive. And it's it's going to be scary, man. I I think yeah. they're, I think their guard depth watch. is good. I don't know, man. I I think that team is really – I think they're good. No, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not good. And I have I have the same thought about the Iguodala trade as the Marcus Morris trade. Like, who gives a shit that they just traded for a guy who hasn't played at all this year? <laughs> Seriously, I don't get it. That's like, like what? It was, someone, someone put it in the chat, our work chat earlier, like a couple of days ago. Like, it'd be like saying uh, the Lakers traded for Landry Shamit from the 76ers. And Lakers fans would lose their shit if they traded for Landry Shamit. Who the hell is Landry Shamit to the Lakers? Nobody. Andre Iguodala has not played this year. Hey. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that a little bit quieter, and I'm gonna slow it down for you guys. Andre Iguodala has not played this year. He's a Finals so, MVP. He didn't deserve that. Final. No, he didn't. I, I, you know, I agree with you on that. You, you cannot give me that. <laughs> I was trolling you for that one. I was trolling you for that one. Andre Iguodala is washed, bro. He's been washed since he left Philly. And All they need him to do is play defense. They just need him to play defense. That's all they need. Lord knows they can't get him to score because he shoots sixty percent from the free throw line. Oof. Oh, it's a big oof. Oh, man. Okay. My man is like a, like a poor man's Ben Simmons out here. Um, all right. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think where I rank them. Okay. Let's start from the bottom. And I don't clown on me for saying this, but it's just because it's just a goofy-ass lineup. I got the 76ers at six for right now. At the moment. At the moment. I- I just because at the moment they're having a lot of internal problems. Obviously, they're they're in a funk right now. 
Uh, of course, I'm, and you know, I was big on the 76ers team before the season. So, and I think they could still come back to that, but there's still plenty of time to, you know, get their shit together. But at the moment, if I'm rating right now, I have the 76ers at sixth. All right. I have the Pacers at five. All right. I like that Pacers team, but I, I just, uh, um, fuck. Uh, four teams left. You got the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, and Heat. Um, see, and this is why it's hard, and I didn't explain why it's hard. It's hard for me to grade this because a lot of this can go into matchups and how they match up against each other. I'm not talking about matchups. I'm just I'm saying, like, that's what, pig. that's going into my, okay, okay, let me see, let me see. Okay, we got, there's the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. Okay, well, obviously, if I'm saying the Bucks aren't going to make the finals, I'll put them at second. I'll put them at second. How about that? Because I, I, like I said, Giannis is Giannis. But, fuck. Okay, these I'm, last. I'm still waiting for your four. I'm still waiting for the other one. Give me four. Okay, okay. Four. Ah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm going to put, just to keep it interesting, I'm going to keep, I'm going to put four at the Raptors. And then, like I said, I, I like the direction this Heat team is going. I'm going to put them at three. And I guess that leaves the Celtics at one. I think that's respectable. You mean to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I said to keep it interesting. I did. You certainly kept it interesting. Yeah. I kept it interesting. You have the Miami Heat over the Raptors. Yep. Yep. That's uh, interesting. It is interesting. I'm telling you. I'm coming with it today. It was it was gonna be a hot take day. I woke up and I was feeling dangerous. All right, Baker. I, did. <laughs> I but I did. I, mean, I, I know that you know opinions are like noses. Everyone's got one, but sometimes you pick it and it's wrong. But man, that's no. I don't like that one. And it's like this. I I like the one that was like this. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, and some just fucking stink. Yeah, yours does. Oh, whatever. I okay. Believe, All right. I believe you're picking. You're you. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm. And you and you know I'm not a big fan. I mean, not that I'm not a big fan, but I, I was never. I'm never as big of a fan as that Raptors team as you are. And that's fair. He I, is. I, I I think that's fair. Games above 500, and you're picking as the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Yep. Oof. Yep. That's what me. Uh, it's all right. Because it's not you. The Heat have been injured the whole fucking year. Well, so have the Raptors. I'll give you that, too. Raptors have the been The Heat are under 500 on the road. Ah. Ah, it's Eric Spo. Ah, it's Eric Spo. I got, I got more faith in Eric Spo than I do Nick Nurse. No cap. I mean... I can't really argue that one. I so if, if, if I if I had to build a team and those are my last two coaching options, I would take Eric Spolstra over Nick Nurse. Fair enough. I mean, if we're, shit, if we're gonna get into it, let's. I mean, breaking the coaches, I have the Celtics. Uh, Brad Stevens, of course. I'd pick Brad Stevens over anybody. Uh, I would think the next one would be uh, probably Boldenholzer. If I'm even saying that right, Coach Bud. Mike Boldenholzer. Ah, whatever. It's Coach Bud from, from from the Spurs. 
coaching tree. Oh yeah, you know, you know how it is. We all, we like to keep it in the family. Uh, and then we, the third, I would pro- probably Eric Spo. That's where I would put Spo. Um, we can. I guess we could already just put Brett Brown last. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Who do we have left? Um, shit. I might even put the Pacers above the Raptors. I McMillan. Yeah, I might put McMillan over uh, Nick Nurse. Yeah, yeah, deadass. That's what I'm doing. If you had to compile a top five list of NBA coaches right now, who would be your top five? Top five right now? Yeah. Uh, you know I'm gonna be. You know I'm going to be. Uh, a little bit of. Uh, if you, listen, if you say pop number one right now, you're out of your fucking mind. I not based on this season. No, absolutely not. I'd, I'm talking. I'm talking like. Well, okay. Give me like groundwork of the past like three years or so. I you can't you tell me I can't say Coach Popovich. I like what? What do you want me to do? I you want me to tear out my fucking nail? I can't do that. Like, Coach Pop is my it, when he dies if and he's never going to die. I'm going to cry my eyes out. That is my idol right there. I love Coach Pop. I cannot put him not one. I can't do it. I don't know, man. I put Brad Stevens up. If, if let's just take Popovich out of the equation, I put Brad Stevens at one for sure. That's fine. Uh, let's see who else. Who else we got here? Um, fuck. Uh, I I wish I well I am not even prepared for this. Um, I I know you are. I'm let's keeping you on your toes, Alex. Let, let's just toes. let's just say coaches that we like. How about that? Uh. Of course, I like Eric Spo. I like Snyder. Um, of course, I gotta like Mike Malone. I guess he's, he's all right. He's all right. I guess like he, you know. Okay, let's keep it going. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't. I didn't. I wasn't prepared for this. Like I didn't. I don't. Who else? Who else is in the? How about this? How about this? How about this? Okay, I will give you my top five. Go. And you can go off of that. Go. So. My number one is Brad Stevens. Yep. I agree with you. Brad Stevens is as elite of an elite coach as you can get. Easily. Number two, I I want to say Mike Malone, but like I, I can't like I can't put my heart into Mike Malone being the second best coach in the NBA, even though I'm, I I legitimately might believe it to be true because Mike Malone is a stud. I have Mike Malone at three. You want him to get fired? Don't talk to me. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that was that was that was a rough time. We're not gonna talk about those times. Those were dark times in Nuggets fandom. So, number one, Brad Stevens, for sure. Number two, Mike Budenholzer. Okay. Number three is Mike Malone. Okay. Number four is Quinn Snyder. Number five is Nate McMillan. That's not bad. You don't have Eric Spo? I don't, not in my top five. I I probably okay. I like I like it. He's, he's he's in my top ten for sure. I I I okay. I got I got Brad Stevens of course. Uh, Bolton holds your second. Uh, um. Okay. 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 This is where it gets interesting. Uh. Oh, did I say Mike Malone yet? No. Okay. I'll have Mike Malone third. I guess. Uh. I'll probably put Eric Spo at four, and then Snyder at five. 
Which is another thing. Bringing it back to the Western Conference, okay? You got the Jazz and the Lakers, and you just told me that Snyder is the top four coach in the NBA, and you're telling me the, they have no shot? Yeah, something like the Oh, my gosh. You made my argument for me. That's it. That's it. That's it. We're done talking basketball. That's it. That's it. All right, we thought we we already got all the basketball. Oof, that was a lot of debating. Not that I ever get tired of it. Garrett and I live for that shit. I mean, and if we could probably do a podcast every day if you were just not tired of us every day. But now we got all the basketball out the way, and we'd be debating about stupid shit too. It doesn't even have to be about basketball. But now we got all the basketball out of the way. It's time for our story time. It is the misadventures of Alex and Garrett. It is Garrett's turn this week. Garrett has a story for us. And here we go. Action. Take it away, Garrett. So, as, as the title of the segment proclaims, it's the misadventures of Alex and Garrett. Because, unfortunately, we've had a, a plenty <laughs> of misadventures. And I'm going to share with you guys a time that a gas station in Midland, Texas saved our lives. <laughs> So, this was February of last year, right? Was it, was it last year or was it, or, or, I'm sorry, was it 18 or 19? It was... I think it was 19, actually. I think it was 19. It, no, okay, it, so it, it, no, 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 it was 18. It was 18. 2018. Okay. Deadass. So, February of 2018, I flew into Midland, Texas, because normally what Alex and I will do at least once a year, um, we will go see the Spurs and the Nuggets play. Uh, we've been doing it for, like, we've done it for at least three years now. And Four, we're trying to make it happen again this year. Actually, since 2014. Uh, yeah. So we're on a six-year stretch now. Oh, yeah, it'd be, no, it'd be five-year stretch. No, five. Year. Yeah, five-year stretch. And so, I flew up to Texas, I flew up to Midland, and um, for those of you that don't know, um... I like to get Alex shit for his car because it's <laughs> if, you, if, if you if you hold out your hands and make a U and touch your thumbs, that's about the size of Alex's car. <laughs> he has he has a Chevy Spark, which weighs about ninety five pounds, soaking wet, and you could probably push it over if you blow really hard out of your mouth. Hey, did that break your foot though? Listen, that's fair. It did break my foot. I'm telling you, stories upon stories. Go ahead. And so we flew in, I flew into Midland for the day before we were going to drive down to San Antonio. And it's the morning of, and we get an early start on the road. And Alex says, you know, hey, we need to stop at the gas station. I need to fill my tires. I keep having, you know, the, the, the check tire thing, my check tire gauge on my dashboard was going off. I was like, all right, what do you got to do? So we pull in, and Alex pumped up his tires, and he, I don't remember the number, and I don't really know what like the PSIs and stuff like that. I don't really know what's average and stuff, but he was just like, man, like shit, like my tire was super low. Like it was almost flat. And like we laughed about it and we, we go on our merry way. We buy our snacks and our drinks and we're on our way. And Alex and I have a good time when we go on road trips. <laughs> we just talk about the dumbest shit. We talk about, we talk about women. We talk about sports, talk about life. Sometimes it gets deep. <laughs> But that listen, sometimes the boys gotta get deep sometimes. Hell yeah, we gotta get our feelings sometimes. Sometimes. Doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes it's meant for road trips. Right. 
And so we had to we had to stop because shocker here for those of you also who don't know, Alex has the bladder of a four year old. <laughs> and so I think we were on our, our second stop of a four hour drive for Alex to go to the bathroom. And uh, we saw a sign for a rest area. Is about a mile or two away. We're driving, and of course, when we go on road trips, everybody speeds in a road trip. So we're probably doing, I'd comfortably say we were doing probably 80, 85. Yeah, that's what I usually do. I usually do on, 85. On the highway. We, we, we weren't on the interstate yet. We were still in between cities on a highway. And it's coming up, and it's coming up, and I see the, the exit sign, and Alex just hasn't gotten over yet. And I was just like, hey, this is the exit. And he goes, okay. Puts on his blinker. He gets over. We're coming up to the exit. Well, this exit was like a hairpin turn, basically. <laughs> like, this turn was like like a 90-degree turn, basically, just about. And it was like, it was quick. It was like 75 to 100 feet, and you're instantly changing to another direction. It was, it was like one of the loop-de-loops. It, it was, yes, I think it was a loop It was a loop It was like an S shape or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, Alex, <laughs> I'm like, I yell, I yell out, shit, because I, I swear to you, we're starting a hairpin turn at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> and Alex, Alex slams on the brake, and he, he, he grabs the wheel and swarms it. And you hear the tires squirreling. It goes, Aah! and he, he slams on the brake. And we almost come to a complete stop in the middle of the road. Thank God nobody was behind us. But we went to like, we went from 90 miles an hour to 10 miles an hour in the span of probably two or three seconds. <laughs> I've never seen Alex break that break that fast in my entire life. <laughs> and we pull up, we pull up to the gas station. So I was to go to the bathroom, and we just we just die laughing. Because legitimately, had he not filled up his tires before we left, we probably wouldn't have had the grip to turn like that, and we would have crashed because we would have we would have um, rolled. Oh yeah, we we were done for. It, it was done so. That, that 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 gas station. I even know where it's at. I don't really know the intersections in Midland anymore. But I know what gas station it is in Midland, Texas. I know gas it's station saved our lives. it's it's uh, Wadley and Garfield. It's at that Jacks. Yeah, it's right by the right by the college. Yep, that's where it's at. Yep, <laughs> that exactly. I'm, I'm telling you, that gas station saved our lives. I still go get air from there all the time. That's that's where I get my air <laughs> in my time. Reliable child. man, it's the most reliable place you could ever go for air. Yeah, you know, naturally, that's what me and Garrett do after our near death experience. We just laugh about it. You know, we just we just cry laughing. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. You know, Garrett. You know the, those jokes are like, this, "You ever think it's just ever too much?" And I'm like going ninety turn, doing the turn, <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and Garrett's like, "Ah, uh, ah." Uh, no, it's... I start fucking yelling, which isn't the first time I've yelled in Alex's car and made him panic. Oh my this god! Isn't a, this isn't a full story for another time. If I can share this now, this was. This was back when Alex had his old car. He had a Mustang, a red Mustang. It was a nice car. Yeah. Then he towed it because he went to go get pizza in a rainstorm. Let's that not, might be another story. Oh, my time. God. How many stories do we fucking have? Jesus. That might be another story for another time because Alex was fucking dumb when he went to go get pizza hut during a literal rainstorm. Like a hurricane went through Midland, I swear. <laughs> but we we were pulling the Buffalo Wild Wings. It was myself, 
and it was Alex, and I don't think his little brother Christopher was there. I think it was just him and I going to get food, or maybe we were going to meet them there to watch like a UFC here. We did that a lot. Yeah. And we're pulling into the parking lot, and we're turning and we're turning, and he's going really slow, and all of a sudden, I just scream at the top of my lungs. I yell, "Glass!" <laughs> Alex slams on the brake and he screams, What? And calmly, in a nice toned voice, I go, There's glass in the parking spot. <laughs> and he looks at me and hits me on the arm like a back fist. <laughs> what the fuck was that for? And he goes, Well, you scared the shit out of me. Well, yeah, he yelled at the top of his lungs. Like, I thought there was like a kid or something. I'm like, Oh, shit. <laughs> So now, every single time Alex and I get together, I'll do it at least once, where we turn into a parking spot, and I'll just scream glass at the top of my Even if there's no glass. Even if there's no glass, I'll just do it. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right, guys. That is going to conclude this episode and our story time of how me and Garrett almost died, because it's a good thing. You know, I'm responsible, and I fill up my tires, so you know. That's how we. That's how we live. Is uh, Alex just has to be the responsible one around here. <laughs> but that's gonna be. That's gonna uh, conclude this podcast episode. Um, we are about. We are Chicks Tate Basketball Podcast for Vendetta Sports Media. Uh, please check out the website if you haven't. If you haven't seen it yet or seen any articles, it's really a good read. There's plenty of articles every day. Um, you should check them out. I mean, I think we're doing almost all sports now, so it's actually. It's a uh, it's really good content. It's not kind of the PC thing. It's not like the PC as ESPN or whatever. I mean, we'll cuss and then we'll talk about actual things that no one's actually talking about and things of that nature. It's a really good website to check out. Um, I heavily encourage you to do so. Um, but other than that, we should be back next week with another uh, debate or something, uh, another topic, anything that interests us this last week. We'll see what we see. Um, but that's going to be it for this podcast. I hope you have a good one and, uh, till next week. All right. Before I forget, Garrett, is there anything else you have for the people? Yeah. All right. Now we are done with it. He made me, he was like, uh, I didn't get to do my closing. So I had to start another recording just so he could do his closing. We will see you next week. Oh my gosh. We'll see you next week. <laughs>